Hey everybody, this is Petey from the Spin Rack, and we also have Calvin Ellis ready to rock. Today we have the greatest news ever. The greatest <laughs> <laughs> it is the best news. We have we have reviewed the comic, we reviewed the movie. We surprisingly it didn't it wasn't actually let me be honest. It was a little comic that could. We were a little rough on it. We kind of beat it up. I kind of like the art, but it's a little rough in spots. It's a very simple story about immortals that have become assassins and take on different things. And of course, that's the original story was a tale of um, being one of them turning on the other, this historical history of these characters and flashing back and forward. Oh, it sounds like something that we saw before, maybe a series, but we'll get into that in a second. Ogre 2 has a sequel, a sequel at Netflix. It's coming. I enjoyed the movie. I <laughs> I did precursor Cal, but Cal, give us your thoughts. Unbridled, however you want to do it. Um, well, I think I was on record. I thought the originals, I thought the series, first one, Ogard, okay. I thought it was okay. I read the comics. I know we reviewed a couple of them, or no, I think we reviewed one of them. And I didn't find the, you know, I didn't find the premise to be something new, you know, so I just went into it, you know, seeing what would happen. And, you know, I didn't think it was awful or anything of that nature. I didn't think it was excellent by any stretch of the imagination, but it was watchable, it was enjoyable. Obviously, a lot of people liked it more than I did. And so we're going to get some more of it, which is a chance for them to build on a lot of the stuff that they gave us in that first movie. There were a couple of things that I definitely would like to see explored. The, the biggest one, of course, being the immortal who was sunk to the bottom of the ocean. And of course, now she's back, which we knew she would come back. Anybody who's watched Highlander realizes these people always get out. I'm looking for, I would, you know, look forward to seeing that. And, you know, Charlize Theron has proven herself to be quite capable of doing the action stuff. It hasn't been Eon Flux or Atomic Bond, and it's been the Old Guard. So where we see a show like Jupiter's Legacy not coming back, we get to see Old Guard come back with a sequel. Let's see what they can do with it. That's right in the lane that I wanted to talk about because, I mean, this is outside of not really doing the lighting that was done in the comic book because it's kind of, you know, high contrast sort of thing. They just went straight for which I, you know, you can't fault, you know, them trying to not doing that stuff. But, you know, at the same time, it was um, a fun series. The thing is, and I think that's the biggest misstep for um, the Miller World stuff is that he was announced. They announced it as if it was a foregone conclusion that this was going to be a success. Right. And say just, hey, we put out, um, we put out. Sure hmm? I said, it sure looked like it. Yep. Yeah, no, that they felt like it was going to make their money back in the same vein of Marvel stuff or anything else that was successful, even the, you know, the and the CW type stuff. But then at the same time, it kind of stalled. And I, in my opinion, I would have done the movie first since they had stuff that connects with the super crooks connect to it. They could have tried to do a series coming on later. But, you know, because I think they only didn't do too much flashbacks in this in the old guard, but they did a couple things, setting up some things. They didn't go too long with it. They kept it as sort of quick moments. 
And that's the kind of thing they could have done with um, Jupiter's Legacy, just to start it out. Since they know they got a big story, start out with a film and then go into, we're going to do a series and get the people there, keep the people juiced up to be like coming on and get, and, and let's, we need some more. And then you got, because you got a bunch of talent, like, you know, at least not big name, but you got people that are recognizable in the in Jupiter's Legacy. It could have been just like this, but just start out slow and say, hey, no, <laughs> you know, not basically line uh, Mark Miller's pockets for Jupiter's Legacy. And next thing you're like, now we don't know if, if um, it's sad to see that if, if all of the stuff, the stuff that I wanted to see out of his work, we probably might not see. So, um, you know, I'm glad to see this is getting another thing. I think, uh, I think, um, what is it? Um, is it, is it um, the writer of this? Oh, man. I don't want to say it's Greg Rucker. I could be, I know I'm wrong. Do you remember the writer of The Old Guard? Greg Rucker. Okay, it is Greg Rucker. So yeah, so Greg Rucker, it, they don't seem like they were, you know, running away from comic books and saying, we're millionaires. <laughs> we did it. So I'm really happy that they come up with a new, they got the green light. I was, I was expecting it already, but it was like, you know, they're waiting their time, figuring it out. And, um, you know, they're not giving up on the superheroics. So superheroics without costumes, you know. Well, I think if it's not Jeff Lemire, who they're usually looking to tap his properties. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Jeff Lemire, you have to just give a lot of credit. That guy's just a good writer. He's pro in terms of comics and stuff, he's like pretty much just prolific. Turning out this series, that series, you know, a bunch of, you know, different stuff over here. But uh, if it's not him, then it's usually, it's usually Greg Rucker. Because, uh, hold on, what is this other series? Oh, you talking about the, with the sweet tooth. I didn't know that was him. Yeah, I think uh, oh. I think Greg, Greg Rucker's uh, he's also the Umbrella the uh, Umbrella Academy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they, I mean, Umbrella Academy is going on season three. Mm -hmm. Umbrella Academy is going on season three, so that's a bona fide success for Netflix because that probably means Umbrella Academy might get as far as you know season five. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Netflix has a rule where if you haven't made your audience by like season three or four. You're pretty much out. That depends on where your numbers are. But um, Umbrella Academy got renewed very early on for a season two and then very early on for a season three. What's even better is Umbrella Academy improved with season two, whereas the first season, I was kind of like, eh. but the second season actually improved to the point like, and I always translated into comic sales because anytime I see people willing to go out and pay money for the comics, that means they want the stories so they can actually read and see what go goes on. Either the individual issues or the trade paperbacks. And they did a much better job with the second season, much stronger, uh, you know, just a lot of improvement off that, off that first season. So the third season's coming in and it looks, you know, they, they definitely have some changes up there. But if it's not Greg Rucker, then usually Jeff Lemire, he's got a ton of stuff that's been optioned, but I think Sweet Tooth might be the first thing that he's actually, at least that I've actually heard that made it you know, to the celluloid. So we, you know, we, and we see the results there. That was definitely a, a bona fide hit with a lot of people. So, you know, seeing this with uh, the old guard, yes. Anytime that you have stuff from comics, indie comics, but anytime you have something from comics and it's out there and it's successful and it's doing well, then yeah, I'm always, I'm always supportive of that because there's a ton of ideas and there's so often they barely scratch the surface of this stuff. So it's just nice to see more of it getting out there and getting a longer treatment. Because usually with more time, but when you have a comic, if you have like six issues, 
10 issues. You may have years to develop a story. And then you get something like the old guard where you got to get that, you got to get that done in two hours. Mm-hmm. And some, sometimes you're able to knock it out. Sometimes you're not. I never fault them if they made a good attempt and it didn't happen. Whereas like something like Jupiter's legacy was just, you know, I look at that and just like, I don't know who was in charge of this, but they were not thinking about this long-term. They weren't because you, you didn't go about it the correct way. However, look at the old garden where it's not something that necessarily I thought was a 10 out of 10. It resonated with an, it resonated with more than enough people that were paying it back. Yeah, I mean, it's tough when I, because I'm looking at, even though I wasn't a big fan of the big fight scene, I think the hook of it after they kill a couple of people and and that, when you see that the villain come walks into the room after that, I think that was a good like moment and something that they could have started the series on, like really starting right in a big fight they want to do the not kill thing, then maybe that could play out. But doing it at the kitchen table and all this other stuff in these weaker scenes is not as strong. And I think that they kind of get got to the point. And I think I think Mark Miller kind of didn't understand the the, the crash sort of thing of and what business was like back in the day. It wasn't an altruistic thing and also a, an American thing. It's it was business. It wasn't you know it was people overspending but not overspending for altruistic reasons and trying mm-hmm. to keep people together and all the stuff it was like we make money first then you make <laughs> well, I, I look at the crash you could look at the crash of 29 similar to the it's similar to what you had with the uh, the implosion of the 90s with comics mm-hmm. where i mean was it you did that video where john byrne was right and you know John Byrne is idea like, look, you know, what are you guys selling? They, you know, nobody's really buying this. <laughs> you know, we don't have that many people out here buying, but they were still, pr- I mean, it might as well have been counterfeit money. They were still printing it, yep. you know, and they were still pushing it and they were pushing it and they were pushing it. They were making tons of money. Okay. And the guys who were smart realized they knew exactly what was going on. They banked all that money mm-hmm. and, you know, they're still cool with it. But and a lot of people ended up, you know, a lot of, you know, comic shops went out and, but, I always faulted these guys. These guys knew good and well that they didn't have a ton of buyers coming in for these books. They were surrendered to a whole bunch of guys who thought they were going to get rich off this stuff. And they were like, hey, that's fine. I made my money. And then later on, these guys were like, okay, then the implosion isn't because the, the implosion wasn't because, hey, we uh, uh you cheesed off a whole bunch of people who were your only support. That's why it went belly up. Right? So the guys who were willing to spend money and buy two or three copies or so on and so forth, you drove those guys to the point they thought everything that they, they thought they wasted their money, they thought it was totally valueless, and they were out. And that's why he ended up going belly up across the, across the board for a lot of people at the end of the day. So, you know, you could have definitely, they could have definitely went that route with it. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of trying to put the Superman character into a, like a, like, I mean, even like um like the early Clark Kent was meek and and um um mild mannered in a funny way like where it was like <laughs> have, there's so many things I look at that first story and it's like Clark is like casually going about his day and then um, Perry oh it was a I don't think it was Perry but it's like the guys play basically. The original uh, of the Daily Star turns like, what did you heard about this Superman? 
And then he kind of like, ah. <laughs> and then later when he's dancing with, with um, like he's obviously there's so much character to him, like in, in the story. They didn't just kind of what Clark Kent came later where some points in this, you know, in the 70s, they're trying to say, well, he's not kind of as, as meek, which was a good way to go about it. And sometimes he was overly that, or there was times in the 60s where it was like, okay, you know, he has to be meek or else, you know, because he, when he became totally human, he got back to that character that he was in, um, in, the, in the early stages where he didn't have to be fighting, but he was a little more determined in getting Lois. And it's the kind of thing that we, we kind of lose where we just kind of put um, Clark Kent into a stock character. It's funny when the other guy comes for the date and he's like, you know, basically he's like, yeah, here, Lois, go. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny. And that's the thing, like you're losing that sort of smile that Clark Kent had, not him sort of analyzing humans and saying, oh, I'm going to walk around stiffly like this. Like there was personality that as you're going on, and I'm not just trying to include, um, you know, like burn stuff, like from early on to maybe later later on in the 50s, it's kind of a lot of Superman, but that's ultimately that's what always happens, even in, in this issue is going to be where there's no Superman, even in the burn run, where it's going to be no Clark Kent, because it's going to be, you know, like Superman, the two-parter, he's in another world and you don't, you don't get any Clark Kent moments, but it's like having that sort of thing and saying, this character doesn't have to be a total doofus. And that's what they kind of did with the Jupiter's legacy is making this guy into this altruistic, oh yeah, he likes black people. Okay, I, I get it. But it's like, come on, it's like for business, you can like whoever you want, you know, that sort of thing. And But you can't turn a businessman into something else. And that's the thing is his father is the bigger businessman. If he's a shyster or he's running the, the business worse in a bad way, He's not gonna do it just to keep his his son that happy and be like, look, I can't, I can't do anything, I can't do this stuff. Like we gotta, I don't need you now to go fire those two black guys. <laughs> like what? I overstand as much as I could. Fire them. Like what? I can't <laughs> have some real moments there. But it's kind of like the if you read the, the you know I'm branching off yet again. It's kind of like those scenes in the with the newspaper in the what's that thing in the Watchmen where. They kind of <laughs> had the, it's an inner, like he got, like, um, doing Dave, Gibbons, yeah, Dave Gibbons kind of spoofed that in the She-Hulk. Like Dave Gibbons wrote this thing where he had these two guys in New York and they just had these strong British accents. <laughs> he's like, that She-Hulk, like he's doing all the, all of the, all of the, the, the British sort of like dialogue and they got the British outfits, but they're in New York. It's clearly New York, the superheroes falling around there. And that's kind of what um, he's kind of spoofing the Watchmen type of thing. But, you know, ultimately, that being said, that Jupiter's Legacy was a success in the comic books. There's many different miniseries after that. So it's kind of something that looked like it was something that had to meet for a series. And then at the same time, you know, give it, give it, I have to give it its respect that the original um, showrunner said it costs X amount of dollars to make this type of show. And then they cut it and said, no, we can't, we can only do it for this amount of money. And then of course they asked for reshoots, which cost more than what the guy originally said. So then at that point made a fever pitch where just like, yo, if it makes, doesn't make money, it's cut. 
And that's, that's they put it in a bad place. So it's like, it's not really the fault of material. We, of course, can point out all the flaws. And I can say that I definitely say there's way things that they should have done, but the show was kind of cut off at the knees already. So it was kind of had to make it, it had to be a big push or not. And it's kind of like, like turned into just a, the fans being just a pastiche. So it's like, do I have to watch this? Whereas Netflix, they really didn't expect their, their, their show like, um, lucifer to be that big they were like hey let's take it we get the reruns of the old show and we'll do this season five thing and they're like what season five season all that stuff is selling like like hotcakes let's do it see let's give them their final season and you know what let's buy um that other property nobody wants um sandman let's do that <laughs> nobody wants to buy sandman none of it none of the new gamers stuff has been working no we'll do it now Lucifer sold. We're doing Sandman. We got, we got, we got. That's that's how you kind of they tested the water, but they had they had a ton of Lucifer to test the product. They put it out there. It it did well on their channel, and then they did a couple things, and then they're now buying Sandman. So that's the test. But they don't have a test. They have a movie like Old Guard. They have a test of success. So, you know, um, good luck to um Mark Miller and his next in his next thing hopefully it does well that they do they continue on with the super crooks, crooks but it's kind of tough but we got old guard too and any last words from you Cal uh man what 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 I have realized is maybe we should do another show on Jupiter's legacy because we still got a lot to say about that. now you'll make me watch the rest of it anyway but um you didn't you didn't watch the whole thing I, I'm kind of dull. You think it gets? You think there's something I should watch as as going forward? It's How still far did you there. get? Hmm. I How think the first you... episode. <laughs> oh man. Oh no wonder. Okay. I was, that makes sense now with the, uh, the criticism. The only thing I can say is that the storyline that they have for the Utopian mm-hmm. and the let's his origin story. Actually, that's actually probably the most compelling thing about the series. Okay. I thought they did. A, I thought they did a good job overall with that. Because then you get some more explanation as to uh, where his character, where his character is coming from, and uh, why his character is a little bit more grounded in his code than everybody else. But that definitely is another show. Yes. Said, looking forward to seeing what Old Guard Two can do. Can you improve on what you did with the first? I know you can. So let's see what you can do. All right, spinner rack out. <laughs>